0: The things I've seen a lot of over the years. Missionaries will they'll work real hard on a community. They'll begin the ground effort of building the relationships. They begin the effort of, of the church. Oftentimes Americans will actually buy property, build a church, or they'll begin in a particular home. Uh, but sadly, what what is a common story is you'll have this fruitfulness of a two, three, four-year effort, and then Cultural misunderstandings happen. You mentioned last week regarding subjunctive and we don't need to get too much in the weeds regarding some of <laughs> these grammar concepts but but in Spanish, there's a particular use for opinions, emotions, conflict, influencing and this falls under this this grammar concept of the subjunctive form. And what I've seen happen a lot of times, continually, a lot of times. As a missionary, will have an okay understanding of a language, enough to get around on the streets, possibly evangelize on the streets, uh, but they'll be operating in what is known as, as the indicative form of the language, which is for facts. When you get into a conflict and you begin hammering them with this indicative form of fact, you did this, you shouldn't have done this, you should have asked me this, it blows up. Yes be transparent here, one of our early church plants and ministry fell apart because of a solely an indicative use of communicating over something. It wasn't even something that was a big deal. Uh, one, of the, one of the men who was becoming one of the leaders in the church invited another pastor to come on a Wednesday. Uh, my friend and I, we were traveling throughout Mexico evangelizing in other areas. And my friend had solely wanted this, this gentleman to talk to him first to, to ensure the person coming in was knew the word, knew mm-hmm. Christ. He decided he was going to deal with it rather than having his wife, who was Mexican, trans- or, or speak. And he used what he knew regarding Spanish, which was solely indicative. And it, it literally shut down the entire church. Mm. This gentleman left. The church followed. Uh, it was a very hard time remorseful time because it was literally four or five years of work. I believe this episode will be very important for bosses, for managers, for people in the workplace. When it comes to the Latin culture and it comes to the U.S. culture, let's begin to peel back this onion in which we can just help Americans have a better understanding of Hispanics and how to communicate with them, what they value. Just help facilitate these two cultures coming together in a way for those who are pastors and missionaries will be extremely fruitful uh, in discipling. And maybe just for those who are in a workplace can really establish and develop a, a good working relationship. I know many farmers who have Hispanic workers. They love them. They want to connect with them. They intend them being very much part of the family, uh, but there's there are cultural differences and they can blow up in ways that you can lose control of the situation extremely quick. Oh
1: yeah. Oh Travis, I'm just sitting here kind of processing through uh the last eleven years uh that you know that we've been down here listening to your you know, your story of what happened in Mexico. And I gotta be honest, I my I kinda teared up a little bit because uh you know, so let's just talk bosses or missionaries, uh or pastors, you know, we're we're shepherds, right? You know those people that are that we are ministering to are the flock, and you're absolutely right. If we don't understand culture and we don't understand the language, we can in, unintentionally create havoc in the lives of of our of our flock. And I know that none of us set out to intentionally hurt people. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's not something that a natural that we natural just do. <laughs> and yet, if if because of not understanding. The things that you've been talking about, we do that. How how awful that is. It's awful to hurt people intentionally, but when we do it unintentionally, just because we have a lack we, we're lacking in knowledge and understanding, or because we haven't wanted to take the time to learn the language, I think that's shame on us. Now I will say, every time I think that I understand Latin culture, <laughs> I realize I don't and I probably never will. There's just some things that we will never get because it's not our culture. And we have to accept that, but not as an excuse to not do our best to understand.
0: So what are some things, let's, let's look at it from a U.S. perspective. Right now, many Hispanics are in the U.S. Uh, I know many in churches want to connect with them. I know many employers want to connect with them. I know many coworkers want to connect with them. Yes, there is a reality that when a foreigner comes, I believe most countries all over the world have the expectation that that foreigner learn their language, learn their culture, and begin to become a part of it. However, just as much, I know your time here in Honduras and what I've seen elsewhere in in other countries in Latin America, as, as one begins to incorporate into a culture, there's great value in relationship in the sense of having a mutual respect and understanding of one another as, as best as you can sometimes, because there's, there's certain things It's like, okay, why, why is this happening? And, and it's, it's, uh, it's bothering me, but (laughs) let's take some of the top cultural things in Latin America, either that they value or either that they do that you've seen over your years. So first of all, I do agree that if someone is
1: going to go to the United States or to another country, and that applies for those that are coming to Latin America, that there is a a level of expectation that people should learn the language of the host country. I'm completely in agreement. The reality is, we're talking about many of these migrant workers. Many of them are are minimally educated. The, The fact of the matter is, most of them probably will not. I know many, many, many men that have come back been deported or just chosen to come back. And they spent 10 years in the United States and they still don't really speak any English. So I always say we just have to deal with reality. We can have all the I wish, I wish, I wish, but if we don't deal in reality, then we're just missing the boat. So Paul said, I will become all things for all men. If you are an American and you are want to work with the Latin culture, just let it go. Just just accept the fact that they probably are not going to learn as much English as we would all hope that they would just let it go and meet them where they are. Even if you are speaking English to a Latin, use the word could you, would you? We as Americans are so direct, we don't even take it personally anymore. If I were to say, Travis, I need you to go out to the car and get me that. That's very direct. I mean, it's almost like I'm commanding you to go do this. You know I'm just asking you to help me out and to go do it. But the conditional, even though I, you know, own a language school, I'm still not really good at all the, you know, the description of the grammar in English or in Spanish. Uh, But the conditional form is we have that. We don't have the subjective in English, but we do have the conditional form in English. And that is just basically the plight. Travis, could you go to the car and bring this back for me? If you speak in English, Or if you could learn the Spanish, conditional tense. And if you use that with Latin people, it will take you miles towards having them see you as as a kind person. Or if you're in ministry, as seeing somebody who is caring.
0: Yeah, let's focus this a bit. So in my area, there's a lot of farms, a lot of farmers. As you're giving out chores, and you can even do this in English, is, is what you're saying with these workers. As you're addressing your workers, use would, would you, could you. This is probably one of the first core pieces because as an American and as a leader and as a boss, well, it sounds like I'm asking them. Right. But in the Latin culture, how is that received? Do they believe they have the option to do it or not do it? Or is it received as, as a direction and instruction?
1: That's a really good point, the, the, the question. So in my experience, it is not as, it's not, when you phrase it like that way, it's not optional. It's just a courteous way of ask of telling them to do what you need to be done. That's that's my experience. Try it out. If they seem, if they see it as an option, you may have to go back to being direct. <laughs> but in my experience, and watching other like Honduran bosses, those that consider themselves to be good employers, there is still this level of respect and courtesy that is interchanged between employer and. Now I will this a little bit off off of track, but for those of people that do have employees, Latin workers tend to be very good workers. They'll outwork most of us Americans if you put a shovel in their hand or you know a roof roofing hammer there tends to be here at least here in Honduras there does tend to be a i want to be careful how I describe this but a little bit of tension between and it's it is cultural and it's ingrained but a little bit of tension between the employer and the employee. Okay, and and reverse. And so be courteous and be kind. But there should always be the understanding that you are the boss and that you do have expectations. And I think that you will be respected if you if you take that route of being kind and courteous and yet firm in everybody understanding that you are the boss and that you, you have an expectation of what needs to be done.
0: Generally, within Latin culture, what I see is is there is very much a cultural understanding of the boss and employee relationship. It's one of the things I've tried to push through a bit when it comes into ministry, because early ministry we would have other projects, and they'd always call me boss. And I didn't like that because we also pastored. Mm -hmm. and, And so I wanted to break through that, but it was natural. As soon as the American comes in, well, he's higher up in the sense of his contacts in the United States. Uh Hispanic culture culture highly values relationships. Yes. And they're extremely loyal, but it goes to both extremes. They'll be very loyal, but if you breach that trust and loyalty, it's I don't want to say it's irreparable, but, but from a lot of things, things I've <laughs> seen, it <laughs> seems very irreparable. Yes. <laughs> Once you breach that trust, it is a very well personally I've never seen it regained. Yeah. But not that it not that God couldn't reconcile those things. Sure. So, back to like the would and could, Uh from a a boss, employee perspective, based off how they view things socially, I I don't see a scenario in which they're going to think, oh, I don't have to do this. He's giving me a choice. No. And even in the context of what I know in Spanish, it's a very courteous, polite. But in that, you gain a closer relationship. It, It strengthens a lot of the good attributes the culture already has regarding work. Yeah. Let's tackle greetings. This is an interesting one to me. Very common. I, I, I'll i be preaching on the border or in Mexico. And culturally, they, they show up late. It's not that uncommon. 20, 30 minutes. Oftentimes, you can be in the middle of your message. When somebody comes into the church, whether on time or whether late, they will go around and they will greet every single person. Generally speaking, in, in an area in which they're comfortable, greetings, greetings, greetings are... Absolutely necessary.
1: Yeah. That took a lot of getting used to. It, you know, if you're preaching, you interrupt your thought per- flow. And, you know, to us, the first time I saw that, I was like, wow, that's rude, right? And yet I've had many conversations with Hondurans and to do any <laughs> any different would be rude. And so not only do you greet when you come in, you got to greet when you leave. You know, you got to walk around the room and greet every, and uh, say goodbye to everybody in a handshake. You know, sometimes that's, you shake hands. Twice before you leave. Uh, Greetings are very, so we could easily have a conversation about just focusing on business and and employees and that that's a whole nother really interesting conversation. But if we just bring it back to missionaries, this whole process of greeting everybody is really, really important. I, I have to really work at it because I'm around people like all the time. But And I kind of forget, also, my my eyesight isn't uh, that great. I have kind of a tunnel vision. So I'll walk into the room, and a lot of times I won't see people. Um, so I just focus on what I need to do. I go over and I talk to somebody, and I fail to I fail to meet uh, or greet um, other people in the room. And that is really from, you know, shame on me. That's, that's so really, how, really bad.
0: How would a Hispanic perceive that culturally?
1: Well, if they're not familiar with foreigners. If you have people that work with uh, North Americans all the time, they cut us a lot more slack because they understand, they get to know our culture. They understand that we're very direct, we're very uh, to the point, but if you if you're dealing with people that are not used to working around or being with foreigners, they will see that as as offensive. I again referring to my vision, I remember when we first came down the second time, there was a, a pastor friend of mine that I had met the the year before, and i saw him in in the the store and i don't i didn't see that he held out his hand to me to shake mm. because of this tunnel vision people that know me they they know to raise their hand up higher but he went home and he didn't know that i had this tunnel vision i i was talking with him later on uh, about it and he said oh mike that makes sense he said you know i went home and i told my wife i think mike is mad at me because he didn't shake my hand and uh, i felt so bad because you know, but that's literally, he thought, and I don't know how if he lost sleep over or whatever, but it, it affected him. He really thought that I was upset with him over something because I failed to shake his hand. So it is super important. Greet everybody, especially the elderly. You know, they have a lot of respect for the elderly people here. But it is it is very, very important.
0: When it comes to communicating with them as far as a course. so you, you have the greeting. It's very custom Hispanics, they'll go to each person. Many can be offended or have been offended based off a lot of the, the American approach. When, when people go to church, they'll go and talk. But if you enter a room with a dozen people, you don't go to each person necessarily individually and greet them, though Hispanics do and, and very much is expected. Right, right. And so there's offenses that can be made with that. The directness, how, it, so for a boss or even missionaries, both, as you're working with your workers, what are some ways in which can soften the directness conversationally? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, would could, but that's, that's getting to the point of what you need done. Right. What, what are some expectations within Latin culture regarding maybe the broader conversation that takes place before you're petitioning or instructing? Okay.
1: Yeah, so even in text messaging, uh, you know, down here we live on, we run on WhatsApp. I, you know, I'm like, to to, pe- to people that, some of my clients or whatever, I'm very much like, hey, we're planning on uh, being on the job site at 7 o'clock tomorrow, all right? That's, that's my WhatsApp message. Now, what I should have done is, buenos dias, como esta? And then I'm going to be out on the job site tomorrow.
0: Which is, <laughs> good morning, how are you? That's right, sorry. Yes, yep. good morning,
1: yep. how are you? And then thank you at, at the end. You know, be sure to say thank you. But to me, it's like, wow, what a waste of time.
0: That's the American perspective. Yeah,
1: just get to the point. Tell him that he needs to know when we're going to be there. I've given him that information. That's enough. No, it isn't enough. Maybe a very close relationship, like with an assistant, that would be enough. But for a client or for anybody that's not in your true inner circle, it is not enough. It is not enough.
0: One of the things I've seen over the years regarding this, this took me a bit to adjust to because, yeah, I, I'm very American. I shoot a text. Hey, we're going to meet on Friday, 8 o'clock. And, and then as I began to learn some of the ropes, I'm like, well, if I would forget to do the greetings, asking them how they are, maybe there's a problem in their family. It, it's very custom. Yes. Hispanics will always remember, oh, your mom's sick. Yeah, How is she? These things are always in the forefront of their minds. I know when I returned back north, having been along the border of the United States, which is very much Hispanic as well as, as throughout Mexico, one of the areas I was really shocked in, in coming back up north is when, when there's personal struggles within the family, you'd rarely be asked about it. Uh, we were dealing with some crises, and, and then I'd be in a meeting with a particular organization regarding the mission work, and it was just directly to business, right. not like, oh, well, how how is that situation yeah. with with this person who was taken, or or how is, oh, I heard your mom is sick, how is she? Right. They won't ask, right? But yet, even in a work environment, this is the bread and butter of our relationship within within Hispanic culture, and I, I personally would like to see it more in the U.S. as well, <laughs> as, as as just as a whole. I think we all can slow down a bit and really. Focus on our relationships with yeah. one another in a, in a way that's not always business driven, but at the same time, I do understand the well, let's get things done and and keep going.
1: Well, I think that we could honestly, we um, our North American culture, we could learn a lot from Latin culture. We could be a little more polite. We could be a little more sensitive to others' feelings and the things that are happening in their lives, especially those of us or those of you that are involved in ministry. the uh, The idea of actually spending that time. Like, so if you do need to have a type of confrontation, not a confrontation necessarily, but uh, spending that little bit of time to just it, it kind of ease into that conversation will make the conversation go better. Confrontational situation, you can certainly mitigate that by using better grammar, at, uh, you know, like the conditional. But there's also the in the Honduran culture or Latin culture where there are times when if you really want to correct somebody, that you go through a third person. And this is usually when I ask somebody, should I go through a third person on this? Because for us, it seems like not not correct at all to do that. Why involve a third person when I have a problem with with you, right? But when I have been very direct over something that has to be taken care of, and I've done it in a way that it isn't received well, whereas if you kind of bring the third person into it, kind of through a, a backdoor approach, It softens that so that maybe when you do have that conversation, it goes a little bit better. But that's something else that when we're just talking about culture, language, and and in this case, confrontation, to be aware of. I don't know what your
0: experience has been on that. So in context then of of maybe, let's say, a a farmer or a boss of some sort, whatever business may be in addressing an issue with an employee or something that needs to change within the workplace, would it be appropriate then to bring in translator or somebody, I guess the person could be Hispanic or American. Would, would, would you see a difference as far as, because I know here in Honduras, well, yeah, you naturally would go to somebody in the culture. Right. Up north right. right now, there few speak Spanish, and then there are Hispanics, you know, a little bit of English. Yeah. How would you advise navigating, bringing a third party to deal with a sensitive issue?
1: So when, when you're dealing with, with, through a third party is you don't even want to be in the in the room. Right, so you tell the third party to go to the person that you want and say, "Hey, the boss wants you to to do this." So if you have a foreman, the best thing is if you have like a specific thing against a specific worker, you should probably go to the foreman, tell the foreman, and the foreman will talk to him. What that does is it it takes the it kind of takes the tension of the situation where they they don't feel attacked because the foreman says, "Hey, the boss told me he wants you to correct this." So it's not you're kind of like that's part of that. You know, the saving pace. And the other thing is never correct somebody in front of others. You know, if you want to correct them, I mean, you can say, hey, you know, that trench needs to be deeper. You guys need to dig it deeper. Fine. You know, that's that. But I'm talking about when you're, when we're talking about a, an actual, you know, your attitude has been poor, you're not doing your work. Always do that in private or through a third person. Very sensitive to those things. Nobody likes to be embarrassed in front of other people, no matter who you are, but exceptionally, even more so in the Latin culture.
0: What are some other observations or recommendations you would give regarding this topic?
1: Well, in the context, and you touched on this, but in the context of missions. In our we have a home fellowship group at the institute every Tuesday night. We were just in second uh, first Thessalonians chapter 2 and we see how Paul was saying how he navigated the the culture in Thessalonica or Thessalonica and how he navigated the the new church. And for me when I was when we were reading through that passage, what I saw was, yeah, this is like the roadmap for how to be a missionary. But it also, in many ways, is a roadmap how to deal with a Latin culture. Because he just goes through how he was cared for them and, and you know, he expressed that caring. He worked hard at not offending them and or to be a burden on them. And just all of these things, again, in my experience, as I've watched missionaries. At work here in Honduras, I've sometimes seen a couple of things that really rub me the wrong way. One is, especially when people are new down to the culture, they'll say, well, in the United States, we... And they'll say, why we do things better. You know, it is true many times that because we've just honed how to do things. Time is of the essence. Time is money. And we we have a lot more tools. We have a lot more equipment. So yeah, in many ways, we do things better. But it doesn't mean that they're necessarily, or should I say, we do things better in the sense that we get them done faster. Sometimes the quality is better because we have better uh, materials. But it doesn't mean that it's better in the sense that we know better than everybody else. So that same attitude, whether it's in the U.S. or the Latin people that you're working with or are working for you, or when you're here in the country, is still can be offensive. I don't think we really quite understand from the Latin viewpoint. And I always hesitate on saying this because I don't want people to misunderstand me. But the U.S. is held up almost on a pedestal. If it says made in the USA, it's probably, I mean, everybody recognizes that it's quality. I, as an American businessman here, people trust me only because I'm American, if for no other reason. And so I have to live up to that level of confidence that they place on me. But they will tell me, I want to do business with you. I want you to drill our wealth because you're from the United States and I can trust you. So they put this level of, of trust into us that hopefully is, is justified, right? We need to make sure we do that. But anytime that you are set up on a pedestal, and I don't recommend doing that for anybody, we, we run the risk of hurting those people that have set us on that pedestal. And so they do that with missionaries. You become the source of of all knowledge, right? You know more about the Bible. You know more about this. You know more about that. And culturally, if you are not aware of that, of that amount of influence that you have, you can damage people. We don't have to be know-it-alls. We may know the answer. We may know how to do something better, but there's a way to teach people how to do things better without... Making them feel as though their culture is, is not up to par with, with what we have. That would be one of the greatest things, is don't make that comparison between the United States or wherever you're from and where you are. It's, it comes across as derogatory, demeaning. Uh, that would probably be one of the, the greatest things that I see. Accept the culture that you are. And you don't have to like everything about it, but you need to accept it.
0: Well in many ways, too, when we look at cultures, like when I think of the U.S, there's many things. I am b- deeply saddened and dislike about the U.S. culture. Uh, there's also many good things. When I look at the Latin culture, it's, it's the same thing. There's certain characteristics and attributes within the culture that I really appreciate yeah. and, and have been a challenge to me over the years in regards to how I run my household, how I operate in ministry, how I form relationships. And so it's, it's twofold in, in many ways. It's easy to look at something we don't like and then destroy it. Right then not recognize bad things even within our our own culture any more than it is to demean our our own culture in an attitude that's you know this other culture has it all all correct as well right but but when the day's done I would highly petition we all have a lot to learn from one another my hope is is yeah this that this time was a bit helpful for those that that have many Hispanics coming into the area there's there's a lot of dynamics. That are taking place in their lives, but ultimately, as as far as relationships go, you know, if a Hispanic comes into church, how, as the body of Christ, how are we going to respond to them? Yeah. How are we going to interact with them? What what are we going to say to them? How are we going to direct them? And these different things that may come up. Any final thoughts you'd like to close with?
1: I would say that we've just—it's just—we've just, like, it's just, we've just t- t- uh, touched on the tip of the iceberg. All the context, all the everything that we've talked about. There, there's so much to be said about it. And it probably takes a lifetime of learning to even, you know, begin to understand the fully. But I will say that one of the things that I have enjoyed so much in my own life is that as from the when we were first here, and I was just kind of so-so with the language. And now as I've as I've grown and improved in that, in, in the language and the understanding of the culture, is when you can connect on that other level. You know, at first I was just communicating. But now I go out. I joke because there's another whole thing: humor. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what: if you don't, if, if you don't understand the culture, you're better off just not to try to joke, okay? Because you can end up being really offensive. Would you agree with that?
0: Yes, I think the bulk of my jokes are highly misunderstood <laughs> and, and responded with awkward silence at best. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: I have to some, some extent been able to now joke and uh, people laugh, and I know that they that they understand it. But it's a difference since the. It's a different type of humor than what we're used to, you know, and everybody has their own sense of humor. Uh, my pastor, kind of our, our pastor from Jacksonville, whenever he comes down and we, he always, we take him out. I said, he loves to joke. I said, Steve, no jokes. Okay. They don't get it. Okay. They just don't get your jokes. So we I'm not going to translate them. You, you can say them, but I'm not going to translate it. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you can, when you can get to the point where you can connect with people on that level of, of caring and humor. That's when you know that you're actually, you know, you have that relationship that that is is deeper than just that superficial being able to communicate.
0: Well, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. And, Pleasure. Uh, and many blessings to your family here and the school and all the work and different things you're tackling. And may God continue just to bless and encourage and lead you on the path that he set for you. Thank you.
1: The yeah. Same to you as I would. And certainly enjoyed having you guys here. at at the school
0: and um, as you return home. That's coming quick. (laughs) All right. Thank you much. All right.